Is that all right? I'm starting a series this week that I didn't know I was starting. But I think we're going to be able to start a series. I want to teach on how to have a better life. How many would like to have a better life? How many want something better for your kids than what you had? Let me put it that way. How, how many of you believe you've just arrived and you don't need anything and everything's all right and you don't care whether you ever get another raise? And... Nobody clapped, huh? Raise your hand if you want a better life. Yeah, you, you want that abundant, more than enough, eternal, over the top, overflowing. I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how God intends for us to have a better life. I've got three verses I want to read to you, one out of the Old Testament, one out of the epistles, the letters of Paul, and, and then one sentence from Jesus. And so I think they've got them on the screen. We're, we're, we're struggling through it. But Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 11, just one verse out of the Amplified, and I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and be fruitful. And I will cause you to be inhabited according to your former state. And then here's the big part. I will do better for you than at your beginning. I will do better for you than at your beginning. Is that it? That's NASB. Do you have Amplified? I like the, really like the Amplified. Anyway, in the Amplified it says, I will do better for you than at your beginning. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, which is my yearly verse. I'm wearing the little purple thing here. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Say, beyond. Above. More than. Now to him who's able to do beyond, above, more than, according to the power that works within. Now if you were here last week, I'm building on it, this grace that works within me, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, right? The, not I, but the grace, according to the grace, according to the power. Say, I can do beyond according to the grace. Grace doesn't just get you into heaven. Grace works inside of you to take you beyond the limitations of your own mind. It takes you beyond. Grace working in you does above and beyond. He wants that grace in there. And just so that you can catch what I'm trying to get to, John 10, 10 says, in the red, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you might have real and eternal, a more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Say more and better than I ever dreamed of. I can dream pretty good. How many of you ever dreamed pretty good? I dream really well. I'll be honest with you. I love dreaming about what God might be doing in my life. But he wants to do more and better. Say more and better. Say, I have not arrived. This is not it. It's going to get better. I realize some of you, as you get older, you begin to think, well, this is it. No, this ain't it. We're going to do better. Touch somebody say, we're going to do better. Touch somebody else say, we're going to be better. Say, I'm good, but we're going to get... If you... Listen... I keep looking at Annie going, hey, you think this is good? Just wait a year. That's serious. I remember saying that to her 42 years ago. Baby, I don't know how to be a husband, but you just keep looking at me. I'll be better next year. After about 25 years, I thought maybe I ought to be still. But then I realized, uh-uh. Listen, the wine gets sweeter the older it gets. Some of you have been married a long time. You ain't listen to me. Some of you that think you got something because you've been married six months, you got nothing. I mean, you got nothing. That lust doesn't mean anything. Uh-uh. I'm telling you, your life is supposed to get better and better as the days go by, brighter and brighter. Hmm. Grace is working in me, beyond me, so that my life will get better. The question is, how can we have a better life? 
How do we live that best? How do we live that utmost? How do we live that excellency that the scriptures talk about? In order to understand this, it's very simple. In order to understand this, you've got to go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. For God created them, he created them both male and female. Say male and female. He created both of them, male, female. In his own image, he created them. And then God... And then, anybody know what it says? He blessed. He made and he blessed. Before Adam and Eve ever did anything. Before Adam and Eve ever performed any trick. I mean, they got the dog treat before they ever rolled over it. They got blessed. He made them while they were lying in the dirt. While they hadn't even set up and taken their first step. He blessed them. I want you to understand, we are supposed to be blessing our children before they do anything. We're supposed to be blessing each other before we ever perform up to snuff. We're spo- Listen, the only reason you can perform is because you've already been blessed. To bless means to recognize the value thereof. It means to worship, to elevate, to give significance, to give identity to, to give meaning to. God said from the very beginning, this is the highest and best of all my creation. This is the representation of who I am. If you look at man, you've seen me. I'm endowing man with the authority and the power to take over the fish and the birds and everything on the ground to rule and reign and have dominion. This is my viceroy. This is is me in the flesh. This is more valuable. It's good. It's the best. Every human being has value and worth. And any time we start looking for that value and worth outside of God, we are in trouble. From the very beginning, he put value to us. From the very beginning, he put the power inside of us, for God works in us both to will and to do. Works is the word energeo. It means to energize us. It means to give us the power, the strength, the might, if you will, to live up to, to to fully realize the fulfillment To bless is the application of God's will and His covenant into our lives. You see, the entire temptation of the Old Testament was simply to be deceived that there was someone who would bless us more than God. That we could bless ourselves. That God was withholding something from us and that we could go bless ourselves and become something on our own that was not in the blessing of God. And so we went and got this apple because we thought we could take our blessing rather than wait on that blessing to mature in our lives. The enemy is still deceiving humanity today. If you buy this or blow this up, you'll be better. If you buy this car, she'll come running. If you blow up those lips, he'll come running. But do... I'm serious. If I have to watch one more Botox commercial. I was walking into Walmart's the other day, and I saw this lady. I was about to go, oh, honey, what happened to you? And I thought, keep moving. She thought that was cute. I thought she'd been stung by a bee. Am I making any sense? The enemy is still deceiving us that we can bless ourselves. The enemy is still deceiving us into believing that there's some way that we can achieve something without God. But I want you to understand, as silly as Adam was, it did not change the intent of God for his creation. 
As silly as Adam was and Eve was and all that, God just waited till he found just this really righteous dude. He waited till he found this guy that had it all together. He waited till he went out there and there was this guy sitting out there barking at the moon and the stars. He found this insane moon worshiper. It's interesting to me how God will take somebody that's an insane moon worshiper and say, I've chosen you. Abraham gets all this billing like Abraham was some whiz-bang-ding thing. Nope, he was just barking at the moon out there thinking, well, golly gee, maybe that's God. And God spoke to him and said, I've chosen you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make your name great and I'm going to make the nation great and I'm going to bless you to be a blessing and all the nations of the world are going to be blessed through you. And Abraham believed him without any sign of blessing. Abraham believed he was blessed when there was nothing to confirm that he had been blessed. I mean, his world didn't change. He'd still stand there in the dark in the moonshine. Just standing there. The only thing that changed is God says, I bless you. Nothing changed. In fact, it took a long time for that blessing to be made manifest and his son to be born. It took about 40 years. How long have you had to walk knowing that God blessed you, but there's no proof in the pudding? Am I making any sense? How many times have we had to walk for years and we'd just keep saying, I'm blessed and highly favored, but there was nothing to prove it. Have you ever lived that way? I mean, I've had to look at people through pop ball glasses and say, God, heal my eyes. And they'd say, huh? i say, well, you healed my eyes. Well, I still wear pop ball glasses. You ain't listening. See, it, it, his faith was accounted unto him righteous. That story always reminds me of Thomas. Thomas wasn't there, and Thomas said, unless I see it, I ain't going to believe it. So God stooped to his location and said, see? He said, I believe. He said, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who've never seen the blessing and yet believe they're blessed. Man, I have grandparents that I don't know you could ever have called them very blessed, but they believed it. I have grandparents that had to pray over their noodles every day. They had to come from the bottom of the barrel every day. They believed God for another gallon of gas Every day. I can't tell you how far an Oldsmobile can run on empty. I bet my grandma can. She'd pray for gas in the car. Listen, you have to begin to believe that God blesses you even when there's no confirming sign that he is. Abraham believed that God had blessed him. And the blessing of God began to work within humanity again because Abraham believed the word of God. He's called the father of faith. And that blessing, that, that, that empowerment, that, that, that power to be and to fulfill and to do and to prosper and be successful, all of that came upon Abraham's life. And he walked that out. And, and, and my goodness, I, if I had time, I'd, I'd talk about all of his acquisitions. But the best thing about Abraham was that he was a dad. And he took the blessing that was on his life and he did much what Kent just did. He took the blessing that was on his life and he put it on Isaac, his son's life. And Isaac was so blessed that Isaac would take seed, go out and sow it in the desert, and he'd, he'd reap a hundredfold harvest in a desert. I mean, go out and plant wheat in sand with no rain and have a harvest. And his neighbors would get so mad at him that they'd go find the wells that Abraham had dug and they'd throw rock in the well thinking that then Isaac would be cursed because you couldn't get... 
And Isaac could just go over here and dig another well, and water just spring up. They throw dirt in that. You ever had anybody try to throw dirt in your well? Isaac could just look at him and go over here and dig another well, and here'd be another gusher. I mean, you know, I could, I could get, I just frack over here and frack over there and frack over here, and I just wherever I never mind. I mean, it's mine. I'm gonna get it. Isaac was blessed. Everything he touched was blessed. And, and, and then Isaac had two sons. One was named Jacob and one was named Esau. You know this story? And Esau was the oldest. Esau was the firstborn. He was supposed to get the blessing. But Jacob was a manipulating, cheating, conniving little snot. And, and the Bible says that when Esau went out to do the man thing hunting, Jacob snuck in and, and, and the Bible says that his dad laid hands on Jacob and blessed him. Your children are going to be blessed. You're going to have blessed, 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 blessed. And the, the deceiver walked out with the blessing. And his brother came back and said, what, 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 what? Give it to me. Here's the important part. <laughs> dad said, I gave it to him. See, once you've been blessed, you can't take it back. Even though the little snot got it manipulative... Once God said it, it isn't coming back. He's not a man that he would lie. Are you getting any of this? And so now he's got this blessing. And his, his house is blessed. He has to run for his life. But when he comes home, do you remember? I could tell you this story. He goes off, goes over there in another country, finds a wife. They are mad at him because he's blessed. But when he leaves there, he gets all the spotted sheep. And he's coming home with all this stuff. And he's just blessed everywhere. <laughs> And then he has 12 sons. Listen, this guy's got a strange family. <laughs> couple wives, couple other things, kids from four different women. They don't get along. I mean, it's a mess. And got Joseph, and Joseph goes into the, 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 the Egypt, and they have to go over there, and they have to survive for 400 years. And then Moses starts bringing them out. And now Jacob, whose name is Israel, Israel is coming back into the promised land. They're coming back home. And, and the people don't like They hire a witch doctor to curse them. Now all you Pentecostals, hang on to your hanky for a minute. Because I'm about to rip the rug out from under you. And, and here comes Abraham's descendants. And they're coming back. And they're, they're not even aware of it. And there's a witch doctor up there. And the witch doctor is trying to curse them. And he can't. Every time he goes to curse them, blessings come out his mouth. And the guy that hired him to do the cursing is mad. I thought I hired number one witch doctor, 1-800-GET-AND. I googled you. You're supposed to be the best. Why can't you curse them? He says, because what God has blessed cannot be cursed. I could say it like this. All of you silly people that keep talking about how you think you're under a curse, that is a religious lie. It's impossible. The Bible says that if God has blessed, it cannot be cursed. Well, then I don't understand. He redeemed us from the curse. The snake was cursed, not man. The snake was cursed. But if you slither around with a snake, you're going to eat the stuff the snake eats. 
The writer of Proverbs said, whatever you hang out with, that's what you're going to... Listen, you're not cursed, but old Slewfoot is cursed. Quit hanging out with him. And some of you are going, Slewfoot, well, never mind. I ain't got time. Hey, that blessing cannot be stopped. That blessing that empowers, that blessing that gives you the ability to grow, that blessing... I mean, Deuteronomy, again, I don't have time, but Deuteronomy says you're blessed going in, blessed going out, that it's going to overtake you. Say with me, blessings are chasing me down. I Listen, I used to dream. I, everyone, I may have to go back and dream that again. I, I would dream about walking down the street and, and blessings tackling me. I mean, just blessings that I hadn't seen coming just tackle me and overtake me. He said, you'd be blessed going in. Everything you touch will prosper. Say with me, everything. everything. If I'm blessed, I can, everything I touch be prosper. He'll give me good treasure and the heavens of rain will open up. I got ready to preach this morning. I thought, wow. <laughs> to live in that blessing, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he does not add sorrow. Something better than miracles is to live in the blessing of God. So just to reiterate, to bless means to bow one's knee in recognition of someone who is valuable. When the Queen of England rides in in her carriage, you know, everybody does this. When, you know, you, you, you bow. That, that means value. Did you know that God bowed to you? I will bless you. He bows to you. Anytime you bow to somebody, you get lower than they are. It takes people willing to get small in order to make the bigness of another. Jesus bowed. He became a man. He left heaven and he bowed. He became small. He humbled himself so that you could be elevated as children of God. I will bless you. He bowed down. He said, I will bless. That means to bless, to bow, to come into a lower existence. And then it says to bow means to speak a good word. He went around doing good. He says good things. He doesn't say bad things. He says good things about people. He says good things. You're not listening to me. He said things that encourage and uplift and edify and exhort. He never comes in and beats up. Never, never, never does that. Listen, did you know they tell me that 89% of the people that were incarcerated, are incarcerated, were told they were going there by a parent or a significant other? 89% of the people incarcerated were told by a parent or significant other, if you keep doing that, you're going to go to jail. If you keep doing that, you're just going to wind up and weigh 10 hundred pounds. If you just keep doing that, you're going to ruin your life. If you keep doing that, are you listening to me? What if we stop doing that? I watch them take kids out of here. Week after week. If you don't stop doing that, I'm going to tell your dad. If you don't stop doing that, I, I tell you what, I, ha I have grown. There are a number of people that should be, have black eyes. In another life, I'd have just punched them. Just drown you ought to be. Instead of going, if you if you'll just if you just keep reading your book, you'll become a genius. If you just keep eating, if you just if you just keep going to school, if you just stay steady, if you don't try to if why don't we encourage good behavior instead of explaining all the bad behavior? I wish we'd say some. Why don't we bless our children instead of trying to curse them? Oh well. I, I see people do it to other people all the time. To bow, to bless means to bow. It means to say something good. To bless also could, means I release power in order to perform what I've said about you. 
In other words, I'm calling you the head, not the tail, and I'm going to give you the power to be that. I've called you my son and my daughter, and I'm going to give you the power. You don't even have to do it yourself, but I'm going to give you a grace to fulfill the promise that I've given to you. I'm going I'm to be the energy on the inside of your life. I'm going to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit so that he can bring... Is anybody getting any of this? I begin to understand that God's best is blessed. I begin to understand that God wants us to live a better life and that the way to a better life is to live in the blessings of God. Now, I was raised, I got to tell you, I am Pentecostal from my little toes. Only thing I know is grandma, both of them. All I knew, I didn't have enough theological discernment to tell you that where Hezekiah was. I couldn't have found Ezekiel if I needed to. But nothing could take away the experiential realities of the presence of God manifested through the lives of my grandparents and my parents. And then when I went to seminary, they tried to tell me that stuff didn't work. Well, that's hard to believe when grandma and grandpa are over here and it's working. It's hard to believe when you go home and you got systematic theology under this arm and grandma stand out in the garden going, now look, snake, those are not yours. You go back out over there. And that snake turn around and go back over there. She didn't go, oh, my God. She'd say, now you go out of here. And then would go out to the chicken coop. I think you were, we were married or dating. Go out to the chicken coop, and she didn't want that same black snake. She didn't want that black snake in there eating her eggs. And she'd shoo him out of there. And I'd say, well, Grandma, why don't you just kill that black snake? She says, oh, because he kills ugly stuff. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. And I got this systematic theology book tucked up under here that's telling me that all this stuff has passed away, doesn't exist anymore. And I got my grandma having signs and visions and praying over gasoline and find Uncle Donnie in the car and laying hands on my drunk granddad and him getting sober and talking to snakes. And I'm going, well, I don't, I don't know about that book, but I can tell you something about the God of my grandmother. I can tell you something about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I can tell you something about the son of David and the son of Abraham. I can tell you about how from the beginning to, to right now, God is trying to bless his creation. He wants to bless you. He's not trying to curse you. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to have a better life. He, am I, am I, am I? But now I'm raised to where we don't plan anything. You plan tonight? Yeah, I'm playing tonight. What are we singing? Don't know. What would you like to sing? Somebody shout, page 391. And we'd sound out. Now, you've been to this church. And, and we'd sing hymn number 391. We get done. Anybody else got a request? 52. Can't play that. How about 54? <laughs> I mean, we'd planned nothing. And we'd just sing those old songs until the power of God had hit and Grandma would get happy and Myrtle would get tickled. And, and I mean, the power of God would break out and somebody would get saved, somebody would get healed. And then the old preacher would get up with that red microphone on it and spit for about an hour and a half and we'd do it again. <laughs> oh, well. It's true. When, when that guy wrote that book about that squirrel getting loose in that church, that was not funny. That happened every Sunday. Now, that's how I was raised. But God gave me a mind. He gave me a mind. And I begin to wonder, how is this blessing conveyed today? 
How, what, it, what is this shadow of the new, the pattern, and the, how is that? And I found some verses about 22 years ago, according to my journal. And we're, I'm pastoring this Pentecostal church, and, and this church. And I found these verses. This is Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. You all know this because I say it every Sunday. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said to Aaron, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, This you shall bless the sons of Israel, and you will say to them, Moses, you tell the priest, say priest, Aaron, you're the priest, and Aaron, I want you to say this over my people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his eyes upon you and give you his peace. Verse 27. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel and I will bless them. Moses, tell the priest to say this over the people and it'll be me putting my name on them and I will bless them. Now I'm just from Severy, Kansas. Nine kids in my class, 54 in the whole school. We caught ringworms. That's what we did on the, on the playground. We didn't have none of them jungle gyms. We had ringworms. Ring snakes, sorry. Yeah. We probably had ringworms. I'm just from Severy. But I have realized he can help me. But I begin to realize something. God never changes. And if that's the way that he passed the blessing from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, if that's the way he did it then, then we have a great high priest now who has entered one time and forever into the Holy of Holies with one final sacrifice and ever lives seated at the right hand of the Father. And Galatians says, we were redeemed from the curse of the law through Jesus Christ so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Oh my God. And then I begin to realize that I can't every Sunday tell you this. So what I decided to do was to, at the close of every service, do what Aaron did every morning when Israel got up and went out of the camp to go do whatever it was they were chasing. And Aaron and the priests would stand as they went out to start their day, and he would say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his eyes upon you and give you his peace. And he would put the name of God on the people. And they were blessed when they went out. When they came back in, all they did was hear the same thing. We're the blessed. We're the empowered. Are you getting this? You know what our kids hear when they go off to school? You're late. We're in a hurry. Listen, I raised a few children. Let me tell you what they need to hear. You're God's. You're the smartest down there. Listen, I don't mean this offensive to teachers, but I want you to know, if you get one of my grandkids, you got one of the smartest kids in the county. And if you think I'm going to change my mind, you're silly. 
I, I, I can remember standing in front of several principals and they go, well, you think your kids do no wrong? I said, uh-huh, what's wrong? <laughs> Problem with that is, see, I'm their advocate, not you. You might have a degree, but <laughs> that's my seed. Are you listening to me? I'll bless you. And I begin to realize that in a Pentecostal church, I could just do what the Bible says in obedience. And I could, did you know that until you know you're blessed, this thing will never make any sense? If you don't know you're blessed, you'll read this book and think that some, uh, I know people that don't know they're blessed. And when they read this book, they think God's out to get somebody. When they read this book, they turn God into a big bad judge going underneath. Listen, if I know I'm blessed, everything in here works for my good. Some of that stuff that's in there is not about me, but about people that don't know him. I know him. Some of you read this book to find some way to slap sinners, of which you still are. Sorry. He who says I'm not deceiveth himself. Nobody. You don't even need the devil to be deceived. You deceive yourself when you don't think you're... See, I realize there are many people that don't know they're blessed, and now they're trying to interpret a book that if you don't know you're blessed, you could get scared. This is a scary thing if you're not blessed by God. Am I making any sense? Because we've all sinned and fallen short, but we're blessed. David says, blessed is the man whose sins are not imparted and imputed unto him. The man who's forgiven is blessed. What do you mean it's not imparted and imputed to me? That means I did stupid stuff, but he didn't count it against me. That means he's released me from the shame of being stupid. Oh, you didn't get it. I wish I could tell you he released me from being stupid. So what does that really mean to be blessed? What, what does that Man, if it wasn't for that little baby, I'd I'd had more. If all you people had been well and I hadn't prayed for you. So it's your fault that I haven't been able to cut and paste within the time frame in which we are allotted before the Baptists get out. So I will bless you. You'll be your highest and your best. You'll be energized. You'll accomplish everything that I've called you to do. I will keep you. I'll keep you. I'll not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. He is your shade and at your right hand. He keeps you. You'll be protected. Nobody. If they come here, they'll fall. Are you listening to me? I'll bless you and I'll keep you. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you'll not be afraid. I'll make my face shine on you. Where I found the chairs was in that verse. I'll make my face shine on you. You can be sitting at a well out there trying to get a bucket of water or you can be swallowed by a whale. Either way, I'm going to find you and I'm going to be in your face. I'm not going to turn my back on you. 
I'm not going to hide myself from you. Even though Adam was deceived, I found a way to get back in front of humanity. I'm, gonna be, I'm not showing you my kneecap. I'm showing you my face. The word face means glory. I will reveal my glory to you, my excellence, my power, my weight. I'll make it known to you. And that glory will reveal my grace to you. I'll make my face shine on you and be gracious to you. Every time you see glory, you see his grace. When the real presence of God shows up, it's to dispense the judgment of grace. His judgment is mercy. His judgment is not to sentence anybody to hell. His judgment is to save everybody from hell. Read the book for heaven's sakes. I would that no one. And you hear that day and night, night and day, day and night. I'll look you in the eyes. I'll look you in the eyes. I'll look you in the eyes. I, I still, my heart goes boom, boom. Annie and I can be somewhere. We can be with you. We can be out to supper. We can be in a crowd. We can be in a store. And she looks at me. And I don't know how she does it. She d- drops that. She's doing it right now. She drops her. <laughs> she's doing it right now. I don't know where that is. Watch out or move on. I... <laughs> you, you'll get this. She drops that chin, kind of looks this way, and then blue eyes come out. And I think, uh, we got to go. <laughs> I love you, but I got an engagement. I got an appointment. I saw it. Well, I, I, Pastor, you got to go. I said, yeah, I got to go because I'm going home with the girl. Do you understand? There's sometimes I can catch the glint in God's eyes. And Dale, it won't matter what else is going on. Why didn't you answer your phone? I was looking at somebody in the eyes. I don't go pray to get his attention. He looks at me and he has my attention. You need to understand me. I don't need today to wait till I'm desperate. All I need for him to do is look me in the eye. Are you listening? And grant me my peace, my wholeness. Doesn't mean I won't have trials or tribulations. It simply means that in the middle of the storm, he is there in my boat. It simply means that I don't have the absence of conflict, but the one who can solve it is right there. It means to empower me with his pleasure. It means that I can live in peaceful habitations. It means he guards my house. It means he surrounds me with angels. I live in that peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. <clears throat> i got to wind this up. He, our high priest... Redeemed us from the curse that we might have the blessing of Abraham. And if the priest stood and spoke over the people, then the day you were called the royal priesthood, a holy people, a nation belonging to God, then you have the power to bless each other. Then you hold the right to, believe, to release the energy of God over one another. You do. Blessings and cursings should not come out of the same mouth. Listen, life and death is on the tongue. How do you live a better life? Start blessing other people. You are blessed to be a blessing. This is how you live a better life. Start giving it away. Start pouring it out. Start calling those things that be not as though they were. I don't have three steps for you. I just have one. Start caring about other people more than you care about yourself. Go love one another in the way that you believe you're loved by God. 
signs and wonders and miracles work when you go out and use his name. And the Bible says he worked with them, confirming it with signs, wonders, and miracles. They went out and started loving on people first before the signs and the wonders and the miracles begin to take place. They begin to believe they were the blessed of the Lord. And they went out and started blessing other people. Am I making any sense? If I really believe that I'm the blessing of God, then, then, then listen to me. I have to lay hands on people. Mm-hmm. If I really believe I'm the blessed of God, I've got to find something good to say about somebody. If I really believe I'm blessed, I've got to try to encourage someone. If I really believe I'm blessed, I gotta, it doesn't matter that they messed up. It doesn't matter. You say, well, what, what are you going to do about it? Uh, probably nothing. My job is to stand at the gates, lift up my hands, and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look you in your eyes and grant you his peace. And when I do that, I have put his name on you. And now you can go out in that name. You can cast out demons. You can go out in that name. Are you getting this? And this spontaneous Pentecostal pastor begin to grow in understanding that there are patterns. There are liturgies. There are certain things that if you just do them over and over and over and over. I had people walk up to me and say, well, you're acting like a traditional church. No, I'm acting like somebody read the Bible. That's what I'm acting like. How do you live a better life? Go be a 